And the church said? Amen. Amen and amen. It's good to see you today. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? All right. We got an amen. A couple of amens going anyway. It's good to see you today. You know, the preacher said, I have some good news today and some bad news today. The good news is everyone that's claimed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they're going to heaven. The bad news is we're traveling there together. (laughs) Our journey together. If you weren't here last week, we started a series of messages that will take place over the next several months together, actually, and hopefully everything will turn out through that process, and and God will move through all of that. But we talked about different things during that time of the introduction, or the uh, kind of what is going to take place over that. See the banners here in front of us, our journey together, and all the things that are there, not yet, quite yet, but in all of that. And so, if... We'll be on track here in a second, but in that process, we have these particulars in our lives. We go through seasons of our lives, and we talked about those that are there. And just because we go through a season in Oklahoma now, it is winter time. but spiritually speaking, you may not be in the wintertime. The wintertime depicts in our lives, perhaps, the, the sorrow, the hurt, or the pain, or the loss of something in your life that was very dear or has been very dear to you just recently. And so you can be in the spring season Uh, in Oklahoma, but you can still be in the winter or you can be in the winter season, but yet some are are going through the spring season in their spiritual walk. There are maybe a new baby on the way we mentioned or maybe a a, a wedding that's uh, uh, soon to be and, and the excitement that that brings. So we go through seasons. We talked about that. We talked a little bit about time and eternity. Eternity begins the moment of conception in our lives, and eternity lasts forever and ever and ever, and there's no forever ending in that. Time is connected to eternity, and in that time, all of us are given a segment of time. And there, we don't know what and how long that will last for us. Some it seems to be a long, long time, but even the long, long time is very short compared to eternity. But in time, we all get a decision to make. We all have decisions to make, and the decision of where we want to spend eternity. We choose in time to spend eternity with God or separated from God in eternity. It's the way it just works, the way it's God has set things into order in that. Along the way in our journey together, just briefly again to catch everyone up, on our journey together, if, if you will, if we're taking this road trip and we've used that as an illustration and will continue to do that throughout these, this series, but in that you're, there's road signs or these signs that we see and, and these signs give us some information or directions and it also it tells us where attractions are, or places that we might sleep or places we might eat or just the bumps that there's a bump ahead in the road or dangerous, bridge out ahead. Well, those things connect to us spiritually as well. The bumps of life that we go through in our spiritual walk. It would be great if it was just one smooth sailing, but we all know that that's not the case. And so through that, we see these, and we'll be talking about those throughout, uh, if you will, the seasons together on our journey together. Now, The question becomes, first of all, as you start a journey, wherever it is, and if you're traveling somewhere, if you're wanting to go somewhere, let's say for vacation, some of you have already picked where it is that you want to go. And so in that process, where do you want to go? And so you decide that, as adults, we decide that somewhere usually before we go. 
and we make a decision. Now, in these, I just put as you might look at a travel brochure or something that kind of gives you a, a information about a particular location. And in that, some might pick this. And I, as I picked this one particular at Yosemite, I thought maybe of uh, Kathy Emerson or, or the Hearst. They love to to travel to these different places and go hiking and, you know, talk to the birds or whatever Larry and Pam do in talking to the birds. But nonetheless, that may be the case that you want to do that. And I think that's wonderful. Some like to go to the chocolate world. I'm kind of... Is anybody wanting to go to Chocolate World? Somebody is planning, even as we speak perhaps, to go to Chocolate World USA. Has anybody been to Hershey's? In, anybody been there? Well, you didn't bring me back any candy. What's the problem? Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. But some of us want to go and maybe just go to a beach somewhere and just relax and soak up the sun and have a little umbrella, if you know what I mean, and just kind of get away from things and hear the waves and all of those things are wonderful. Some of us want to take a little longer trips. We want to go and see a building that's actually falling down, maybe one of these days, and perhaps that's what you want to do and see the sights there. My wife's always wanted to go to Italy. That's her number one place to go. She has a half-brother that lives there, has been there for many, many years, probably 40 or 45 years now, and married an Italian lady, and she would just love to go there and be a part of all of that, I'm sure. And so if any of you are going to Italy this year, I've got $100 to pitch in. If you have another ticket, I'll be glad to... Well, we better go on because I'll be in trouble before you know it. But as Christians, we have to ask the same question, uh, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? If you were to ask a thousand Christian people, where do you want to go? I believe 999 would probably say, I want to go to heaven. That's right. And it's true, that's what we want to do. And they will say that I want to go to heaven. But in that process, what I would submit to you is, is it that we want to go to heaven, but could it not be and I say it like this, could it be that we want to go where God is? I want to go where God is. I want to go where God is. Now, I say that because of this. You see, if I just say I want to go to heaven, and I want to go, I may just be saying, oh, I'll get around to that someday, like I might be getting around to taking Donna to Italy someday if we're lucky, if she's lucky. And so sometimes we might say it that way in just passing. But yet in that process, in other words, in this, but if you're not sh sure of yourself, you can be unsure of yourself and therefore you become to waver a little bit. And, and in other words, I'll get there when I die because I want to get there. I'm going to go to heaven because that's where I want to go. I'm like the old preacher. Everybody that's talking about heaven ain't going to heaven. There's more than just wanting to go. There's more to it than just that in our lives. But we do say that in us. We might say, I'm going to go there when I die because that's what I want to do. I don't hear many people saying, I want to go to hell. I hear people saying they want others to go there, but not themselves. <laughs> we won't go there. But anyway, Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, this is red letter, but it's white on the board here for you to see. And you know Jesus is talking here, and it's the prayer that he prays. 
And in this prayer, he simply starts it off by simply saying, this is then how you should pray. Now, many people pray just this prayer in the words that said, and that's it. They believe that that strongly. I'm not against praying just the words there, but it's a teaching from Jesus. He's teaching us as followers of him to be able to simply say, this is how you do it. Talking, you're talking to the Father. And so as you're talking to the Father, our Father in heaven, how be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pause there just on that one little sentence, if you will, the statement from Christ himself. And in this, he states twice he talks about heaven. And the first sentence of the prayer that he prays is the first thing that he really hones in on is heaven. It's his Father, yes, but there's a heaven. God is in the heavens, but as on earth, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why would I bring that verse into play here? Well, the reason why I bring that up is that many Christians, they want heaven when it's all over here. You want heaven when it's all over here, don't you? Sure you do. I don't know of one person that doesn't want heaven when it's all over here. But the struggle is they don't want too much of heaven while on the journey there. Why? I don't want too much of heaven while on my journey there is because there are things that maybe disrupt some things that I want to do in the meantime. I'm going there, but in the meantime, I'm here doing what I want to do. As Christians, we should desire more and more of God, should we not, on our journey? Give me an amen. So we should desire God more and more. The closer you get to your destination, the more and more you can't wait to get there. It's just exciting. You say, well, man, I mean, it's really exciting. It's about that. And so we desire God more and more on our journey. In other words, a desire to be with God, to be with God and not getting to God. There's a difference. There's a big difference. And so it's not to be with God. It's, to, or it, it's not getting to God. It's being with God on the journey. And that's what makes it so beautiful. So yes, I truly want to go to heaven. Give me an amen. amen. I want to go to heaven when I die. However, I truly just want to be where he is. So let's sing, I just want to be where you are. I just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily. To worship from afar, drawing near to where you are. I want to be where you are, dwelling in your presence, feasting at your table, surrounded by your glory.
Now that's where we want to go, to be in the presence of God, no doubt. So then the second part of that question has to come, does it not, is why do you want to go? When you decide to go somewhere on vacation or take your trip, wherever it might be, is you have to decide, you have to decide in all of that, why do you want to go? We normally do it through things, maybe we've been there before, but leave that one to a side, and it is because someone has intrigued our interest enough that we want to go there too. They've told us about this beautiful place. Oh, it's real relaxing. The food's great. All these things are wonderful. You'll just love it there. It's just, it's just so beautiful in all of those things. Or you read about it in the magazine or the brochure and you say, Wow, that's the place that I want to be. That's the place that I want to go to. And so in that process, you begin that. Oh, it's true that some people want to go to heaven because they just think, well, it's better than the other place, isn't it? Sure, it's better than the other place. But why do you want to go is the question. Christians should be able to answer that. Why do we want to go? Well, we just say, I want to go because the Father is there. Our Father who art in heaven. I want to see the Father. Amen? So I want to go because the Father is there. but I want to be where He is. But I want you to know that He wants me to know, you to know, that that's where He wants you to be. It's not only do I want to be where He is, He wants me to be where He is. Isn't that awesome to think that God the Father that's in heaven wants me, you, to be where He is? And get this. He's been preparing a place for us, a home for me. A home not built with human hands. Think about that. I wrote that sentence, if it's a complete sentence. I have a tendency to not make a complete sentence. But when I wrote these words, and let me read it again for you. When I said these words, and I wrote this out on Tuesday, I was here at the office by myself, Everyone else was gone because of the terrible ice storm that we had. And, and in that, but, but in all of this, I've lost my place because I thought that was a pretty good one. But anyway, because God the Father is there and God wants me there. And by the way, He has been preparing a place, a home for me, a home not built with human hands. I pushed myself back from my desk. And I just concentrated on that. What do you want me to say next, God? This is kind of how I work messages. And I got a text within a minute from writing that sentence. It was from a lady here at the church, and she said, you got to listen to this song. And they had the website, and you click on it and listen to it. It's a song from the Gaither brothers, or Gaither family, I guess. And it, 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 the title of it, I think, is just Home. And one of the first phrases of that song was, Home. It's a home not built with human hands. Now, some would say, oh, that's just a coincidence. You can believe in coincidence. I believe in God confirming things in our lives. I cannot tell you the times that that's happened. I know Jim and I, we, we have a, a close, I have a close relationship with all our elders, but Jim and I over the years, in the 25 plus years that I've been here, I cannot tell you the times 
that he and I have not talked, not visited, not anything that week, and what his subject matter may have been on or the statements that he made were exactly what I made from this pulpit. Isn't that true, brother? Confirmation from God. Now watch. 2 Corinthians. I read this from the Living Bible Translation. It doesn't change much in the King James, so read it from that if you choose. But I like this translation, for this is the verse that I connected with that as soon as I got the text and listened to the song. For we know that when this tent we live in is now is taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have a wonderful new bodies in heaven, homes that will be ours forevermore made for us by God himself and not by human hands. And the church says, if you can't say amen to that one, I don't know that you have Jesus in your heart. Heaven is real, my friend, and God's promised it to those who believe in his one and only Son that lived and died and rose again. And someday we will arrive at our ultimate destination to enjoy all that it holds. Listen to another red letter edition, John chapter 14. This comes out from Jesus himself. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. In my Father's house are many mansions. He's told us where the Father is. He's in heaven. And in that heavens there is mansions built by God, not with human hands. Now think about this. All the splendors that you've seen and all the architectural work that you've seen throughout your life that you're saying, I said, this amazes me, this amazes me, and all of that. Pull yourself back in and out into the universe and look down upon all of his creation at one time. That's God. And that same God is preparing a place for you and me. Once again, God. But he says... In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. God has not forgot about his children. Isn't that awesome? That God thinks about me. So you say, well, what's that going to be like? If you could just tell me what it's going to be like, then I can make a decision because, you see, if it's not going to be a white sandy beach, I may not go. If the water's not going to be crystal blue, then I may not want to go there. I may try to go somewhere else. I may go to another coast. That's what we do, don't we? So what's it going to be like? Well, some picture heaven as, um, well, let's just use golf, for instance. We like to think, and I like to golf. I haven't golfed probably in 10 years. But a lot of you love to golf. And to be on a beautiful golf course is just amazing. It's just, I love that as well. And so in heaven now, remind you, and some people think, well, heaven's going to be like that. We wouldn't be able to golf, you know, and it's just going to be so, just going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. It's just going to be plush and just beautiful to look at. Well, keep in mind that now heaven is a perfect place. Perfect. We can't quite grasp that. So we try to. But if heaven is a perfect place and you golf, and even if you golf like me and you knock one into the trees or in the sand trap or even knock one backwards because I've been known to do that, let me tell you what happens in heaven. It's a hole in one. 
Oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Heaven? Let me tell you, I can't tell you that aspect of it because we can't grasp it. We'll show you that in a few minutes. But I can tell you this. I can tell you what's not going to be there. I can tell you what's going to be absent in heaven. Heaven. And this should light you up. What's going to be absent in heaven is everything and anything that breaks the heart. From the, the, the middle school kid that fell in love and he got his heart broke. To the niece, my niece, that lost her 12-year-old in that house fire just a few weeks ago. It'll be absent of the breaking of hearts. It'll be absent from heaven. Wow. The burdens of the soul, the things that pull you down on earth, the bills that you worry about, the kids that you worry about, the jobs that you worry about, the, the retirements you worry about, the death that you worry about, all the burdens, the things that bind us up and hold us and make us just bound up in the world. Absent from And then the griefs of the Spirit. The evil world in which we see around us. There are things that you've seen on TV, in the news, in the world around us. The evil things will be absent from heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Can you just imagine... A world that would, what it would be like, like Howard giving us that list of the things I should have, or I learned everything I needed to know in kindergarten, and that's about me anyway, but in that truth of that, but can you imagine a world that would be like without sin? You can't even imagine it, can you? But a world without a place that is, there's no more sickness, no more diagnosis, no, no, no more of that pain. No more of that. No more sin, yours or others. No more. Our world would be quite different, would it not? That's, God, that's what God had planned from the beginning. And then we came along. You know, on the sixth day, we got here. On the seventh day, it rested. On the eighth day, man sinned. It takes long. I believe that it is our job, our responsibility on our journeys to share that world with those around us. To tell others that it is attainable for them as well. I simply say, Jesus is driving the bus. Get on board. Get home journey. Heaven is real. It's wonderful. It's perfect. It is a place which we belong. It is our home. It is our place that we hope for, that all may receive all the riches that heaven offers. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. I'm just the minister, preacher, pastor. 
Did you ever go somewhere somebody told you, hey, you got to go here? Oh, man, it is the best place in the whole wide world. You will just love it. I mean, it's just wonderful and it's great. And, man, you're all just, your hopes are really high. Anybody been there? I think we all have. And then you get there and it's like, <laughs> hello, what? I don't know what they were drinking, but it wasn't good. Anybody been there? Oh, yeah. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to know that when God tells us something, it's different than what the world tells us. My dad always told me, remember I told you my dad had a second grade education, but my dad was really intelligent of just, just being up to understand things simply. And he always reminded me when I was a kid growing up, he said, son, a piece of paper will lay there and let you put anything on it. Don't believe everything you read, except God's Word. You see, because the brochure may tell us it's that beautiful place, and it's just that wonderful place. Remember Home Alone 2? In the motel down in Florida, I think it was. I, I should have put that clip up here because it was hilarious. It wasn't quite, but listen to me. This isn't humans talking here. This is God speaking. This isn't someone just saying, oh, these are nice words. Jot them down so people will be really encouraged. No, these are in his book, the Bible, because God said, I want them in my book. And notice what he says. However, as it is written, when it's written from God, it means it must and will always come to pass and it is always true, whether you believe it or not. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and no, what no mind has ever conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Do you love Him? In other words, if no human eyes... No human eye has seen it, and no human can fully explain it then, can they? For even the most beautiful brochure cannot begin to explain what heaven is like. However, one person that we know of in Scripture was given an insight, just a glimpse of what heaven was like. His name was John, and we call him John the Revelator. And so therefore, we have revelations. And when you go to revelations, you discover some things there. You discover some things that are just wicky-wacky. I mean, these, these dragons and all of these things, and, and people try to explain all that stuff. And, 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 and maybe they explain it right, maybe they don't. I don't know. But when you get to this, I like the way he explains it. He gives us a little glimpse in revelations. I know the print there is small, but let me read it for you. Revelations 22, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Notice that, the water of life. Did you catch that? The water of life. What's in heaven? Life. It's the water of life. It's the water of life. Don't miss that point. It'll help us in weeks, perhaps a couple months from now as well. We come back to it. As clear as crystal. Ever been on a lake in the morning and, and, and you can see the reflection Anybody? 
And what do you say when you walk up to a lake or a, a, a nice pond and it's crystal clear, Joe, you fishermen out there and you people that like to do and you're around that and it's just, it's just, what, what do you say? What do you say? You can talk in church, I don't care. Wow, what else you say? Stunning, beautiful, look. You just, beautiful, isn't it? Shake your head up and down. That gives me a little help here. (laughs) Notice, as clear as crystal. You know why it's clear as crystal? No sin there. Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life. Uh Uh-oh, tree of life on both sides? But watch, bearing 12 crops, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Huh? God. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. Churches say hallelujah. If there's no curse, there's only blessing. Curse came when sin came. Blessing was always intended for God's people. When curses came, it's because man sinned. In heaven, there is no sin. No curses. Hallelujah. Now watch. I could go on and on about it. I wish I was just teaching a Bible class in this. Maybe that's what this is. The throne of God and the Lamb, notice what it says, will be in the city and the servants will serve Him. Well, I don't know if I'm on work in heaven or not. Oh, my, we got a really long way to go. They will see his face when I see him face to face. Will I sing hallelujah? Or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. And his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. What? No more night. If there's no more night, there's no more sleeping. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. We won't even need the light of the sun. Why? Because it says, and they in this, because for the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And the church says, whoo. This stuff's just, I mean, this, honestly, this excites me. Just imagine for a moment. Just for a moment, if you can. I'd like for you to do something. It's a little out of the mainstream for us, but could you just bow your heads out of just respect? And if you could, if you would, just close your eyes, because it makes it a whole lot better. I'm going to tell you exactly where you're sitting, I've sat. And exactly where you're sitting, I've sat and I've prayed for anyone that might sit in that spot to receive God's movement in their life in a powerful way. You're not here by accident. And God has a place called heaven just for you. I would like for you just for a moment is with your eyes closed is to realize and to think for a moment of 
and just listen. And perhaps someone has to sing because they feel, oh, I feel left out. Well, don't feel left out, but I'm not going to have the song up on the screen. But Kyle's going to lead us in how beautiful heaven must be. I want you to just visualize what heaven will be. Remember all the things that's absent. Visualize that and think of the words. A place that's called heaven It's made for the pure and the free These truths and God's word he has given How beautiful heaven must be How beautiful heaven must be Sweet home of the happy and free Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. In heaven no dripping nor pining. No wishing for elsewhere to be. God's light is forever there shining. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, sweet home of the happy and free, fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be, pure waters of life there are flowing, and all who will drink may be free. Her jewels of splendor are glowing. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. Now do you know why I want to go to heaven? To be with my Father. How beautiful heaven must be. I think at times as we get a little older, heaven becomes dearer and dearer to our hearts. For some of you young, it's, it's, it's understandable that you know, you, you, you have life, you have all these things and children to raise and, and just excited about all the things. And that's all good and we, we were all there. But as we do get a little bit older, oh, we long for, we long for in our hearts, just desire is to be in His presence. To be where He is. Long to finally be home with God forever. To be home with God kind of like the five-year-old, and maybe perhaps you were there when you were little, or maybe it's your child or grandchild even today, the five-year-old girl that never had stayed all night with an, a, a friend. But a friend had asked her to stay all night, and nervously she, she gave it a try. And so she did fine during the daytime, as we might do, and it was, everything was good. But when it got dark outside, she became very nervous, very nervous in this strange, strange place. But in that process, the friend's mother perceived that what was going on, and she said to the little girl, she said, Honey, are you getting homesick? And with the little innocence, the little girl replied, No, ma'am. 
I'm getting here sick. And the more you may go through down here, the dearer heaven might be, how beautiful heaven must be. But notice this, and we're about to close up, but Philippians chapter 3, and if you look at this particular verse, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven. It talks about heaven. It's real. Did you know that over 33%, a survey was taken, over 33% of Christians don't believe there's a real heaven? Those that claim to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior say they don't believe that heaven is real. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await Savior from there, the Lord Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enabled Him bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. How beautiful heaven must be. Glorious bodies. Not these old broken down tents. Glorious bodies. God's promise. Citizenship. Did you see it? Residency. That's our home. That's our place. That's our destiny. And the followers of Christ on our journey together. May we never forget. May we never forget where we are going and where we are headed on this journey together. And that is with who is with us on this journey and why it is and where it is that we're going and we know why we're going we know where we're going are you, are you going to heaven my friend I, I want to just be really honest and I want you to listen real close are you going to heaven Before you leave this place, you can know that you are. Put your trust in Jesus. Repent of your sin. Experience a new birth and you will be headed in the right direction on your journey. Here's a truth Richard Evans stated. He said, the tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we wait so long to begin it. You don't have to wait any longer, my friend. You don't have to wait any longer to begin your journey. Jesus is available now. He's available now. Come as you are in your brokenness, just as you are, and see for yourself what He will do for you on your journey, on our journey together. Whatever your need is, you come right now. Don't say no. Just come. We'll help you all the way. Let's stand and sing.